Welcome to Calvary Chapel of Columbia, where we're unpacking God's truths one verse at a time. And now here's Pastor Tim with today's message. This morning, if you're with us and you're a guest, we're doing something a little bit different than we normally do. We normally teach verse by verse through the Bible. And uh, this morning, we actually, and I say we normally do that, we actually just finished a topical study, so it's kind of a little bit odd that we're talking about that. But, but we do uh, teach verse by verse through the Bible. We did a seven-week series on the Holy Spirit, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, I don't know about you guys, but that was such a great reminder and refresher for me and I hope that, I, I know I talked to multiple people that won't necessarily share today, but were really impacted by God's word as it relates to what it says about the Holy Spirit, how important the Holy Spirit is to Christians, and, you know, even relating to the fact that we're in a spiritual war, and uh, we need spiritual uh, protection, we need spiritual uh, equipping, we need the Holy Spirit to give us the kind of things that we need to be ministers in this world today, and that's what we learned about. If you were with us, you remember in John chapter um, uh, 16 that Jesus said that it was to our benefit that he go away. And, uh, you know, I think I challenge you guys to think about that for a minute and say, hey, what do you think about Jesus saying that? What would you say if Jesus was physically here today? And then he said, hey, it's, it's to your benefit that I go away. Many of us would probably say, no, 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 we don't want that. And yet he said something better was coming. And he said he would send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to not just assist us, folks. The Holy Spirit is, isn't just a helper in the sense that he assists you. He is the instrument that creates you new. He is the breath of God breathed into you that gives you newness of life. And then, not only that, but then he gives us the ability to walk in newness of life, to be changed and transformed people. And then, he gives us giftings. And we talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through chapter 14. And we talked about the various different giftings, why they're important in the body of Christ, and that we all have different giftings. We don't all have the same giftings. But we all have, there's diversity in the giftings of the Spirit, but there's unity in the Spirit. So they all go hand in hand and they work together for, for the good. And uh, God is, uh, you know, allowing us as we come together to minister to one another. Folks, if, we, if this is the only type of ministering that happens on Sunday mornings, we're missing what the Bible talks about as the church. This is not the only ministry that should happen on Sunday mornings. Ministry should be happening amongst yourselves as you converse with each other, talk to each other. You should be praying for one another. The Lord give you words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You should be allowing the Spirit of God to come. And we talked about the importance of coming to church with an agenda. Whoa. I mean a good agenda, not a bad agenda. I mean an agenda of saying, Lord... What do you want to do through me today? God, how do you want to use me? I'm coming to serve, God. I might not be signed up in children's ministry. It might not be my week this week, but I'm coming to serve somebody, Lord. How can I serve them? And that is what we're called to. And you know, when it talks about the early church being established and they went house to house, they went house to house ministering to one another. It, it, they did have house churches back then, but, but listen, the reality of it is that they were doing life together in a real way. And, and, you know, I think that we've lost touch with that in the corporate church today. I don't think people do life like we're supposed to do. Um, this is a family, if you're unaware. 
And, you know, as a family, we should be doing life together. And that's why we have home fellowships and different things going on uh, throughout the year and such. But it's so important for us to, to allow the Holy Spirit to work, at, work through us so that he can touch other people's lives. I promise you that you've been through something. God has, God has taken you through something. He is, he is, he's done amazing things in your life and somebody else needs to hear about them. God wants to use you. And so that's what we learned through seven weeks of this series. And now what we've done is, uh, you know, and this came back a couple years ago when I came back from Africa. The Lord really um, convicted my heart about how church is so spectator-orientated, how people aren't really, um, you know, in the corporate setting. I don't know if you've ever been part of a body that frequently allows people to do various different things in the church on a Sunday morning. It's not typical. But when I went to Africa, it was typical. And in fact, people were singing songs just in the, like somebody would pop up in the congregation and sing a song. That's the way they did church. And of course, they had a pastor that would bring the word, but there was a lot of participation. They took time to, in the Sunday morning service, to, uh, to share what God was doing in their lives. They did this every Sunday. And I felt, felt like, oh Lord, what, have we, what are we missing? And it was interesting because as we came across the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31, this is the passage that the Lord used, uh, you know, to kind of speak to me about this. It says, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the God of confusion but of peace. But the point is that you can all prophesy you can all prophesy. You can all share something from God's word, what he's done in your life. You can prophesy in the sense that you can foretell or foretell, the foretelling of God's word. Maybe it's not the foretelling, like I have something to tell you about the future, but we can all foretell the word of God. You can do that. And so we want to give people an opportunity to do that this morning, to share what God has done in their life through a seven-week series on the Holy Spirit. And I trust that God is going to encourage you because that is the point, that all be encouraged. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to invite uh, Mike Smith up here. He's going to start us out this morning. So will you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, and thank you for each and every person here, and Lord, for the things that we're going to hear this morning. God, we want to still ourselves before you. Maybe we came with anticipation of, of hearing something different, and yet here we are, and you're going to do a work in our heart. We ask you to use each and every person that we'll share this morning in a powerful way, Lord. Help us not to check out. Help us to press in, to allow your spirit to speak to us through this time of sharing, Lord. We pray your Holy Spirit come, anoint do the work that only you can do. We humble ourselves before you. We thank you, Lord. May you get all the glory in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Mike Smith, will you come on up? Good morning, everybody. So, through the Holy Spirit, this is going to be my third rendition of what I was going to come up here and talk about. Um, you know, I've, each, it's like after each message, the Lord's like, 
I want you to go up there and share Sunday and, you know, share. And it's like, all right, great message. I can, sh I can definitely talk about this. And, you know, it's just evolved all several times. And um, even it's, I thought I had my final message last night and then this morning it has, the Holy Spirit has changed it again. So some of you already know that, you know, it's the Holy Spirit, you know, led our family here to Tennessee from California a year ago. And, you know, we, it was, we prayed over it many years, you know, prior of, you know, where the Lord, we asked the Lord where he wanted us. And, you know, finally he showed us the signs that, you know, here in Tennessee is where he wants us. So, you know, last summer, you know, moved my wife and my three little boys and drove across country, moved here to Tennessee. And, you know, all was well. We had plans, you know, of, you know, wanting to, you know, buy a little bit of property and, you know, have our own little homestead so we can teach our boys, you know, what it's like to, you know, work for your food, you know, grow your own food, not just buy it from, you know, supermarket. So, you know, we had plans for that, you know, and then the Lord also said, you know what, Mike, it's also time for you to get baptized because I have plans for you. And, you know, I already had it itching in my heart to, you know, you know, serve the church. And so I got baptized. And then the Lord led me to a hole in the church that needed to be filled in ushering. And, you know, now I've become an usher and I'm, you know, learning. Not the best at it, but, you know, I'm still learning. So this summer was our plan to actually buy our house. And we started the search. And that's kind of when things kind of went downhill. You know, things happened in our, in our household. And, you know, those who know, you understand. And things kind of got worse and worse. And we... It, self-doubt and started flooding my heart. It's, did I make the right decision to move my family across the country away from our family to have all this happen? And it's, you know, it's really hard to see family suffer on something that you thought was going to be a blessing. But then the Holy Spirit spoke up. He reminded me of past, uh, a quote from Pastor Greg Laurie. He says, when you're going through a hard time, it means that the devil believes that you're worth something and he's trying to fight you away from something. And if you're not going through a hard time, you need to think about what's your walk with the Lord because apparently the devil doesn't believe that you're worth his time. That, that quote, it, it struck with me. You know, we're going through a hard time right now. And, you know, it's the attack of the devil because he, he knows that the Lord has something 
is going to be using our family for something strong within this church, within this community. And, you know, I'm up here to just say you need to, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not going to always be, you know, fun and easy with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to test you. And sometimes it's going to test you to the point of where you, the only thing you can do is get on your knees and pray and just ask the Lord for guidance because, you know, that's, that's where I am at right now, trying to trying to get through what our family's going through right now. So, thank you. Spirit, do you know everything? I should probably turn it on. <laughs> hey, amateur here. What was the first thing that uh, when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, what was the first thing the Holy Spirit did? He led him in the wilderness. He led him in the wilderness. Was if, what did, what's the first thing he did in the wilderness? Encountered Satan. Forty days. Jesus, Jesus battled, man. And, you know, for us to think that we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not battle is crazy. You know, Jesus led us through every single thing that we would go through in this world. And so where Mike and Nicole are this morning, God is, God is doing something. You know, I, I love John 4, 4, 1 John 4, 4, because it says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. No matter what spiritual warfare we're experiencing, God is greater. The Spirit of God is greater, and so we trust in that. I just want to pray for those guys real quick before we, um, we go to the next one. Father, we lift up Mike and Nicole to you, God, to their boys, Lord. We lift up Evan and Bennett and Asher, God. We pray that your protection over this family. And you, Lord, you know the things going on in their home. And uh, we just ask for you to strengthen them, Lord. We ask for you to move supernaturally, Lord, in that, in that situation. Lord, we ask you to, by the power of your Holy Spirit, prevail over any spiritual warfare that's happening in their lives. We know you will. We ask you to do it swiftly, Lord. And uh, we just, we lift them to you. We pray for your will to be done in their lives because you know exactly what you're doing. We just come, along, come alongside this family, God. We huddle around them, Lord. We ask for your presence in their life and we ask you to be with them. We thank you for them. We're so grateful that you've led them out here, Lord. We pray you uh, preserve, protect, grow them, Lord, as they're here and that uh, you would just have your way. We thank you for Mike's testimony this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you so much. Is Brianna here? Brianna Cryer? Is she here? I don't see her. Well, do me a favor. Draw your attention to the screen. We're going to have a, a video here from uh, Shana. Uh, how, I, I, is your last name? How do you spell How do you say your last name? Schneriger. There you go. So here we go. Hi, I'm Shana. Um, I'm newer to the church. If I haven't met you, hi. Um, and I'm just going to share uh, from this last um, section that we've been learning at church about the gifts of the Spirit. And um, the Lord laid on my heart specifically, which I want to share at the beginning, um, the word arsenal kept coming to me from him. Arsenal. He has an arsenal of gifts, um, and they're here for the taking. So specifically, um, the word from the Lord that he put on my heart was, he has an arsenal of gifts, and they're here for the taking. Um, and then from that, he put on my heart to share some of the things he's been teaching me over the past few years about um, the gifts of the Spirit. And um, this is a topic I'm excited about, and um, the Lord has just opened up so many things um, to me in the past few years. So I was really excited when the pastor started talking about this and um, listening to it and just being able to hear all of the things that he's delivering to us as a church body and say, yes, you know, the Lord has spoken that to me. He has shown me that he, you know, um, just confirming that in my spirit. So I think it's really exciting because they're, um, it's not always talked about in the church body. So, okay, um, I'm going to get to it. So, um, for arsenal of gifts, um, I just looked up a definition to remind people um, about arsenal. Um, some of the definitions were a place of storage containing arms and military equipment for land or naval service. Um, a government establishment where military equipment or munitions are manufactured. A collection or supply of weapons. And the Lord was just putting in my heart um, that the moment that you came to Christ, um, you joined his army. Um, there's that song, I'm in the Lord's army. And that's, you know, it's a kid's song, but it's really a deep and a powerful truth about us. We are in God's army. If you are a child of God, if you have come to him and called on him as your Lord and savior. And so, um, we stepped into that spiritual war, um, and we're on God's side and, um, he wins. <laughs> Jesus won at the cross. Um, but we are in that spiritual battle. And um, just like any good leader of, um, you know, an army or um, some sort of military service on earth, they arm their soldiers. And God arms us. He arms his soldiers. Um, he has weapons and gifts for every single one of us. Um, these gifts are not for his favorites. They're not for an elite group of Christians. If you've joined his army, then there are gifts and weapons available to you specifically. Um, so that was something that he impressed upon my heart, um, that he he didn't call us to join this army and go onto his side of the battle just to leave us weaponless, just to leave us powerless. No, the he offers us everything that we need, his power and his gifts. So um, that was the first important point. The second important point, sorry if I'm talking quickly, I'm trying to um, fit this into five minutes. Uh, the second part was spiritual blockages. The pastor mentioned connection problems, and that is a huge problem. And some of the areas where um, where some of those blockage can, blockages can come from are that some of us had a false conversion where 
um, we thought we came to Christ and we thought we gave our heart to Christ. Maybe we prayed a sinner's prayer, but we actually weren't born again and we didn't actually have a conversion and a change. And so that's the first place to start. Start right there. Um, check yourself. Is there fruit in your life? Is there evidence and proof that the Holy Spirit is inside of you? If not, repent truly come to the Lord this time and ask him to help you to do this. Ask him to help you maybe what went wrong or uh, where you held yourself back, where, what, what happened there that you didn't truly come to him and he'll help you and he'll bring you to him. So don't beat yourself up, but check yourself to see if you truly are in the faith and you can find verses in the Bible to support that and to show you, um, uh, what to look for. Um, and then if you are in the faith, if you, if you do that and you check yourself and, okay, I have been born again, the Holy Spirit is in me, but I still have these blockages. I don't hear his voice. Um, I don't have the gifts of the Spirit. Then there are other blockages that can be happening. And um, some of the things that he brought to mind and that I have experienced in my own walk are stunted growth, lukewarmness, um, sin. It can be known or unknown. It can be blatant sin or it can be hidden sin. Um, uh, demonic strongholds and you're in need of deliverance and a lot of people don't get that because of shame shame holds us back and I've been in that boat too but the Lord can give us the power he will give us the power to overcome that you have to just trust him though um, another thing that that makes spiritual blockages is seeking the gift and not the giver of the gift been there too all of these things that I'm sharing <laughs> I've experienced them so um, and then also following traditions of man rather than the holy word of God um, having a secular worldview um, and sometimes we don't even realize how much of a secular worldview we have, especially because so many of them are pervasive in the church body. Um, so taking a look at that, um, being fed spiritually by third-party information, not being in the word for ourselves, not having that connection with the Lord for ourselves. We're just listening to sermons. We're just listening to what other people tell us about the Bible, and we're not actually learning that firsthand information and getting to know the Lord face-to-face. The other thing is not seeking the Lord on an intimate level, not searching for his heart as a treasure. Um, so uh, the things that helped to overcome these in my life was reading the word, studying the word, meditating on it, asking God questions, confessing your sins as soon as, you, as you've sinned or realize that you've sinned, um, making quiet time in your heart and your mind for the Lord, turning off outside noise in your life to make that quiet space in your life and showing the Lord that you're making room for him. Um, and what I've noticed is actually even just making that quiet time and making that sacrifice, that's not always the time when I'll hear the Lord speak to me, but that speaks to him and gives him the space and shows him our commitment to him. So don't be surprised if you do that and you hear nothing at that moment in time. It'll come later. It'll come in God's timing, but just making that quiet time though to soak in his presence and to lay your heart down at his feet. That's so important. Um, I'm at seven minutes. So I, I just put, um, all right. So <laughs> I put, when you get intimate with God, when you give him room to work and move in you and your life, you allow him to clean out the dark corners of your life. When you stop trying to place others, please others rather than God. When you shed off your sinful ways, the power will come on. That connection will be made between you and the Lord. Um, his power will work in you and it will flow through you in ways that you never imagined. He will lavish his gifts on you and you will be blown away. 
Um, so I just, I think for the ending, I'm just going to say um, that God started showing me error in the American church at large, showing me error in myself. Um, I had a definite wilderness season. I didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> until I was in the middle of it. And I started hearing the Lord's voice. Um, and he called me to repentance. He called me out of the Laodicean church. He flipped my beliefs upside down and he cleaned me up from the inside out. So the last thing that I jotted down here in my notes was I had to completely surrender. I thought I had in the past, but God showed me that I hadn't. This happened as a result of a very hard time in my life. The Lord showed me who he truly is. And so much of it was the opposite of what I had believed, even opposite of what many churches had taught me over the years. He really set me free. I had to be broken. I had to repent. I had to allow him to change me and my ways. I had to be delivered from demonic strongholds. Now I'm totally free, and Jesus is, and I know Jesus in a way I never thought possible. He's a good father. Um, so I would, yeah, come to him, pray to him, ask him where those blockages are, ask him if there was a true conversion, and he's your teacher. He will highlight everything to you. Actually, I'm going to keep going. I'm already over my time. Uh, he gave me this verse to share, um, Luke 11. Um, your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into your soul. But an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. If you are filled with the light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you. Um, and God will shine on you as a floodlight. He will shine out of you. Um, he will lavish you with that arsenal of gifts that he has for you. And it will be apparent to you and to others around you. So God bless you. I pray that the Lord's word um, goes forth through this message. And I look forward to getting to know you guys more. Bye. Hi, I'm Shane. Man, I love that so much because it's, it's uh, you know, what I get out of something like that is God is the interrupter of your comfort. He's the interrupter of any deceptions that we might have about what Christianity is and the things that, you know, we, we might think are right. He'll show us they aren't. And I love that about her testimony and, and also about the fact that we also have someone working very, very hard against us. And the Lord gives us the equipping we need for those things. Thank you so much for that message. And, and honestly, that was, I believe, a word of the Lord from, for our congregation, the, this idea of this arsenal that God has given us. And maybe you're experiencing some spiritual warfare here, and you're wondering, how am I going to get through this? You, you go to the Lord. You go to the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You go to the Lord, you ask him, he'll give that to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Next up, we have Risha coming up here to share with us what the Lord's done in her life over this past seven weeks. Thank you. All right. Okay, guys. I have always been afraid of ministry, like always. Um, even when I felt like God was calling me, I used to believe that, I used to believe the lie that if I served God, then my life would not be fulfilling. Like I would somehow live this miserable life serving God. Um, in the last year or so, I felt this calling so strongly and I didn't know what it meant. Um, a lot of times the calling would be met with another voice. 
you're not worthy. You don't know enough, and you're going to mislead people. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do, right? He wants to get in there as God's calling you, and he wants to snatch that calling from you because he doesn't want you to have a voice. He doesn't want you to use your past experiences and the way that God redeemed you. to. He doesn't want you to share that. He wants to shut you up. <laughs> um, so these lies were so discouraging, and I knew God was calling me. But I was so afraid to mess it up, and I just felt so unqualified. It was through this series on the Holy Spirit that I became so encouraged, and now I have to say I'm actually excited about my calling. A little nervous, but I'm excited. Um, so the four main things that I picked up from the series that just really stuck with me, and I just want to remind you what they are. Um, so when Pastor Tim asked, would you live differently if you hung out with the person of Jesus? Now, like, when he said that, I was like, do we raise our hand and say yes? Because I feel like this is a trick question. Like, is, <laughs> um, so, uh, but it's a valid question, right? If he was sitting there, if he was hanging out with us when we were talking with our friends, we would, we would talk differently. I, I mean, I wouldn't say a bad word in front of him. I wouldn't say anything bad about anything in front of him. I would glorify him. I would say good things about him. He's right next to me, right? Um, my life would be so different if I just saw the person of Jesus hanging out with me. Um, and the truth is, what Pastor Tim brought up is he is hanging out with you because he had to go so that the Holy Spirit could come and hang out with us. So he is with us. And so as I'm reminded, when I remember that he is with me, it changes my prayer life. It changes the way that I act. Um, and so I just have to remember that, right? Um, so Pastor Tim mentioned the things that God puts on my heart, the things that he puts on my heart that I'm obsessed with. I used to wonder, like, why am I so obsessed with this? Why am I getting into the nitty-gritty about the Bible? And um, my friends would just be like, I don't know. I just love Jesus. Like, I don't know. Why, you, why do you care about that? Why does it matter? And it's like, I just have this, like, thirst. And is it bad? Like, what's going on here? Um, but he kind of validated that when he said that the things that are on your heart um, that God puts on your heart, he's putting that on your heart because he wants you to lean into it. So for me, it was like, learn the word, learn the word. Like, why is he doing that? He wants you to lean into it and not be afraid of that gift that God is giving us um, because he wants to use us, right? Um, let's see. I learned that God wants me to live in a way that honors him, not just because he's like a God of rules, right? But because he wants what's best for me. Um, he wants me to glorify him, and it will be what is best for me to do so. So I was looking for the scripture for a while, and um, it, was, it was just on a random page yesterday, and it just said Deuteronomy 28. And I was like, well, I got to read that, because for some reason it's written somewhere. I don't even remember what it was about. So I read it, and this scripture, if you guys visit it, it's not part of this, but I just think you should read it. So Deuteronomy 28, 114. If you need encouragement, that is where Jesus really talks about, that's where God talks about if you follow him, if you, um, if you obey him, that he's able to bless you through that, even when it feels like that's not happening, you know? Um, all right, and then the fourth thing is the reminder that if I refer back to the word of God, I will not mislead people. The word of God is the sword against the enemy, and God can speak through his word just fine without me messing up. So sometimes I would say, like, maybe my theology is not right. I don't, you, know, you know, you just get on these little tangents, and it's like, well, wait a second. If I'm just saying the word of God, if I'm just reading the word of God out loud, I'm not going to mess it up because God's word is perfect, right? So that's all we have to refer back to. Um, so to wrap it all up, I wanted to refer back to the word, <laughs> and I asked God, 
is there someone in the Bible that said, use me? Because that's really like my theme here is use me. And there's got to be someone in the Bible that talks about this, right? And so he gave me a quick story of Isaiah. And I've read this story before, but it it did not have the impact that it had on me this night when I found it. And so I'm going to read it for you guys. So this is Isaiah speaking here in Isaiah 6.1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And so Isaiah is in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of pure worship of the Trinity. And at verse 5, and I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. So this is where he realizes his sin and unworthiness here in the presence of the Lord, and he feels unqualified. Think sound familiar, you know? Um, then verse 6, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. So God cleanses him. And that just reminds me of Jesus. He, he cleansed us by the blood of Jesus. We are cleansed. We are qualified to be used by him. And Isaiah then hears um, God calling for him. So um, verse 8, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Then Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And that's just, I just want to say it's an exclamation point. When he says, here I am, he's so enthusiastic, he's so excited about it. And then another important verse 9, God says, go and say this to people. And then if you read on, and I, I I won't read it, but it's long, but Um, he gives him the words. And so we don't have to worry, right? He gives him the words. So we don't have to worry about being unqualified. We don't have to worry about any of that stuff. God gives us the words to say to his people, we don't need to come up with all the answers, okay? All right, I pray that you guys would be encouraged by these words in Isaiah. Um, It just felt like it was just so perfect of what I was needing to hear. (laughs) Um, To tell God that I want to use these gifts you have given me and to glorify you. Don't let the enemy steal the moment of, oh, pick me, Lord. All right, God picked you, and you get to be used by God. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. I love that verse. I love that verse. And, you know, I, I kind of just feel impressed this morning that maybe there is somebody here that is saying, I don't think God can use me. And you know what? God can use you. Have you read the people in the Bible God used? Are you serious? Can God use you? Oh, man, I've made too many mistakes. Listen, it doesn't matter what you've done because Jesus paid the price. Your only response is, Lord, here I am. Send me. And so if that's you this morning, you just respond to the Lord. You just tell him. Just you and him. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Tabitha, will you come up and share with us this morning? Tabitha Durla, folks. Okay, so I found that I'm not very good up there. Um, I'm more of an intimate speaker, so I'm going to sit down here with y'all. That's okay. Um, And yes, when I get filled up with the Holy Spirit and God starts working, uh, Satan attacks big time. So I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning. Um, You're going to be super nervous. Don't do it. You know, 
and I am. I was super nervous, and I, I just kind of prayed, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go anyway. So if I, if I seem really nervous, I'm just, you know, I feel like God really wanted me to speak, and Satan's really, like, kind of attacking me. So I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> also, disclaimer, when I get really filled up with the Holy Spirit, I get very emotional. It feels like to me that it's just bursting out and it's not containable. And sometimes I just cry a little bit. Um, so two Sundays ago, I was sitting there listening to, to Tim preach about tongues and prophecies. And I was like, oh, this will be really cool, but it doesn't really pertain to me. You know, it's really cool. It's interesting. But, you know, what am I going to get out of tongues and prophecies? Um, and God just kind of remember. Don't you remember? So apparently nine years ago, I was given a prophecy. Um, it's just taken a really long time to play out. Um, and that very same day, the next day after that sermon, I was going to have a meeting where, guess what? That prophecy was about to be fulfilled the day after that sermon. It's crazy, right? But I was so, like, God was just like, don't you remember? Don't you remember that day when I spoke to you and I filled you up so full that you were just bursting to do work for me? Don't you remember that fire and that passion? And look at everything I've done to make it happen. And here, it's happening tomorrow. And it just all, like, rained back down on me, like that very first day nine years ago when I felt it. And when that sermon was over and that music started playing, I was down here on my face. Thank you, God. Just tears flowing. And I just, I think it's amazing. And I think sometimes we forget. We hear the Holy Spirit, and we kind of drudge along, and we're in this desert for me for like nine years <laughs> and we know God's there and we know he's working and we see the miracles and I know that everything and every step along the way happened because it was impossible every single thing that I did the whole nine years was freaking impossible and it happened all the way up to Tim saying prophecy and the next day my prophecy was fulfilled and that just floored me, just floored me. And I think somewhere in the middle, I got kind of like bogged down and drained and I worked so hard and it was just going and going and going and I never got there. And sometimes I would lose faith or sometimes it would, it would be the enemy going, okay, this really isn't gonna happen. You've been doing this for a really long time. You know, maybe you're not going to get there. So I just want to encourage you that if you do get filled up with the Holy Spirit and you get that fire and that passion and you know that you know that you know that you know that he told you to do something, just stick with it and don't get, don't get discouraged. Just stay there because he will fulfill it. He will. I'm, I'm proof. That's all. Thank you so much.
sometimes we got to get ourselves out of the weeds, right? And we got to zoom out a little bit. And I don't know about you, but I need to do that a lot and get myself out of the weeds and remember. You know, um, it's so important. That's why in the Old Testament, God told the children of Israel to build pillars, stack rocks, all these kind of things. Why? To remind themselves. Because we forget. You know, I can't tell you how many times I was walking, you know, in the mornings I usually work out. I go walk, run or walk or something. And um, how the Lord will speak so clear to me, so profound to me. And I'll be like, there's no way I'm going to forget that. And like seriously, 30 minutes later, I'm like, what, what did he say again? Man, I can't remember that. And uh, so we get bogged down in the details, but uh, God is faithful to remind us, and so thankful for that testimony, man, and so grateful for what God's doing in your life. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, we are going to invite one other fellow up here today. He's a good friend of mine, Marty Vierhoff. He's going to come up and share uh, something about what's going on with him, and so will you welcome with me Marty Vierhoff. God is good, right? I mean, isn't it amazing when we hear all these um, stories from people coming up here and um, sharing in their lives, of sharing with us what, what is happening in their lives and what God is doing? And um, I always think when people come up here, I mean, it's just not that easy, especially not if you do it uh, not every day. Um, but if you can't do it here between our brothers and sisters, how hard will it be to go out on the streets, right? And uh, so I, I really appreciate it. And uh, last time, um, I think it was two months ago, I was standing here too. And um, it was just amazing when I stood here and I was talking. And it was unreal what happened while I was talking. I just felt such an amazing love for all you guys sitting here and, and the stories that were being told then by Susan and but also today with Mike and I love what Tabitha uh, uh, said about you know things are taking sometimes a long time because that is that is true but there was such a love that came up out of me and it, it kind of um, as you said floored me it floored me too and things have been been there's a lot of things have been going on since that time uh, but i just want to do quickly a step back as i as i told you guys um previously i, I come from a different country uh, i moved over here i was raised as a christian and um, i was just ready to grow up for crime and jail uh, even so as as i was raised as a christian Till one day here in the U.S., uh, God spoke to my heart, and I realized that I had to make a choice to be a Christian. Uh, you can be be raised as a Christian, but you have, out of free will, you have to accept the Lord that He comes in your life. He is ready. He is waiting. But you have to do that. And when I did that, when I realized that that it that it's a life with Him where I choose for. Um, I can turn something around where Adam and Eve in the beginning of paradise, uh, in, 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 the garden, um, uh, in, in the Garden of Eden, just kind of went wrong, right? And now I can use my free will to, to let Jesus into my life. I knew the Bible. I knew God's Word from getting raised back and forward. And um, I also knew that if, if you would be saved and if Christ was in your heart then you know you need to go out to make disciples so I remember when God got on, on my heart and I choose for that then I was also like 
And then now what? I mean, I'm a Christian, right? So I need to live a better life. I need to walk with Christ in everything I'm doing. And very fast after I, very soon after I accepted the Lord with that free will, I also felt the urge to go out and to tell people about it. And it was such a flame and such an energy and such a power what, what came inside of me. And um, through circumstances, uh, um, I got uh, voluntarily I started living on the street with the homeless people. And, uh, and I love that. I, I totally love to see these people and to be a part of that. And, and I realized that if you're living on the street um, in between the people, you know, who have so many uh, mental issues, uh, sometimes alcohol, sometimes drugs, and sometimes just, you know, unhappy circumstances that comes together, that's what we think, but God is in control, right? Uh, you will see that there is not a whole lot more left. If you're, if you're on the street, then actually the next step if, is, is death. And, and that is just how it is, even here in the United States. But amazing thing about that is that because of that realization from everyone uh, who does know Christ um, uh, on the street, it's also that Christ is their forceful only hope they have. And if you walk in between these people and if you're being a part of these people, it is like a very clear beacon of, of light that he is there. Um, so I did that, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a great time, and it was awesome to pray with people and to share the gospel and to share Christ and to give encouragement, but it was also clear that God didn't want to have me there. Um, so a little bit later, uh, in our with a church in, in uh, Torrance in California, and uh, with the help of my wife and my in-laws, uh, I became part of a, a street ministry, um, which name was uh, a hot dog and a prayer. And uh, that was just very fun. It was, it was uh, awesome. We went on the streets. And uh, we just, in the middle of nowhere, or the middle of L.A., I have to say, but it's still nowhere. But uh, in the middle of L.A., uh, we started giving away hot dogs and um, uh, praying with people. And it was awesome. A lot of people who um, were wanting to have someone to pray with, with them or uh, wanted to know about Lord. Uh, and it's awesome if you can direct people to a church or to a pastor. And, um, but also, God didn't want to have me there. But I was so willing to serve the Lord, and I was so understanding that they had to go out um, <clears throat> to make disciples uh, to go out in the world to make disciples, that I, I kind of was like, okay, Lord, I mean, I'm going on the street, I'm being with the homeless. Uh, so then I thought, well, you know what, maybe I should just work for my church, right? So I went to the pastor of the church and said, here I am, and I'm going to work for you for free. Tell me what I need to do. And uh, that, no, yeah, that, that came totally out of me, out of Marty, and I didn't have any feeling that the Lord was, was involved in that, but I kind of wanted to force on that because I had to do it. And I felt there was something what I had to do. And that didn't work out because of a whole bunch of circumstances. And yeah, in a certain moment, um, if you do something, your life on this world and on this earth goes on, right? You need to pay bills. And uh, we had uh, two beautiful children uh, that wanted to go to school and need to eat something. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so so 
it, I was so forceful in, in doing these things. And as Mike Smith on a certain moment said, uh, we also felt on our heart and, and compelled that the Lord wanted us uh, to be away from there. We moved over to Tennessee. Uh, in my past, I've always uh, set up companies or I restored companies to uh, make them profitable again or launch new products, etc., etc. And uh, when I came here, there was a company here, and uh, the company was actually bankrupt and should be closed down here in Colombia. And uh, the Lord put it on my heart uh, to go work there to save that that uh, company because there was a chance to through that company to make Christ known publicly, to save these people jobs, and um, I did that. And um, during that time, I also uh, start going uh, to church here in Calvary Chapel where I met uh, Pastor Tim several times. And I remember telling him several times, I said, Pastor Tim, I, I know I need to, need to go out in the world and make disciples, and I want to, and, but I feel like there is this line, and I want to hop over it and really do it, but I can't get over it. And the whole time I want to, but it seems like something happens or something is not going well enough that I get over the line and literally just, as I saw it, go out in the world and make disciples. And he said several times, well, dude, you, you know, or well, Marty, um, uh, you go out in the world, right, on your work, um, you do this, you do that, uh, you know, you, with your family, and, but it just didn't feel right, and it didn't feel okay that God was in place and in control of that. So I started praying and praying and praying like, Lord, Almighty God and Holy Father, Will you please put me on the road of where I can serve you if you would allow me that? If you would allow me to go out in the world wherever you want me to be. But will you do it on a way that if, if it is that time that you do it so clearly that it's just a, a left is wrong and a right is right. That I can make that decision. I'm a kind of that person. Very black and white. <laughs> year in, year out, I keep praying for that. And looking backwards now, I realized that God was already at work. The Holy Spirit was already preparing me for what's to come. But I didn't want to see it, and I didn't realize that. Um, while we were here, um, um, in the meanwhile, the company I worked for uh, was sold. Um, the new owner and I, uh, we couldn't really look eye to eye together. I was accused of things that were totally not true. Um, and on a certain moment, they had to come in the office of that company. And uh, there was a lawyer, and uh, there was the owner, there were a couple of witnesses, and some other people from the company were important. And they said, told me, like, uh, Marty, uh, so-and-so, that and that is what you did, and that, that is, is the truth. And uh, we're going to give you a choice. You help us to convert, convert the company to the new ownership or otherwise we will sue you out of the United States. And I was like, whoa, you know, that's not what I want. So I was like, yes, but, and I wanted to say something, and the owner, he said, no, uh, 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 no word, this is not a negotiation. I don't want to hear nothing. If you breathe too loud, I sue you. And I was like, whoa. And I stepped up, I remember leaving, and the, such a peace fell over me. This was the disconnection, what I needed from that job, but I also I realized like Jesus was, and I'm not Jesus, right? Just make it very clear, but 
Jesus was standing before Pilate, and he asked Jesus a question, and Jesus said nothing. He said totally nothing. And I wanted to say something, but my mouth was shut. I was not... And then I realized that God is in control, that he is just the one who is doing everything. Through that, I got in a little bit of a rocky road with my wife, and um, not because she's a bad person, she's the best wife I think that is in the world, but because I was trying to find my way, and we're trying to find our way with the family. Um, I started going out and um, uh, being with the people and working with the people on the street again, if you want to hear it, I lived in a car. I said, well, I just need to get out. And I kept praying and praying. I said, Lord, <clears throat> I am just not on the place. I'm not, I don't feel myself comfortable in this world. And I want to go out and I want to tell everyone how great you are. And I want to help people, just not because of me, but because of them. And if you see all these people who are homeless on the street, it is very simple, super simple, to walk up to them, to say a prayer, uh, give them something to drink, or give them something to eat, and then you walk away and your life goes on. And the next morning you wake up in your bed and, you know, you might wake up and not even remember that person who's laying on the streets, right? And it happened to me one day, and God showed me that and something where I was really touched by in the Bible, what Jesus said is that no one has seen God. God is a spirit. And then I realized that if we are saved and Jesus is in within us and we realize what he done for us on the cross, we can make God visible and we can make him seen by what we do and how we live our lives. And when I realized that, I actually realized that the most important thing in my life was my ministry to my family. That, and I so was busy because I wanted to serve the Lord that I forgot that I had to serve my family too. So <clears throat> roughly a year, year and a half ago, I don't even know, um, Pastor Tim came by, helped us in, in the issues we had, and uh, it came actually back to one very simple thing, <laughs> this is how it is. Um, if you really have Jesus in your heart, then it's very simple. You just die in yourself. And that is for me very hard because, as you know, people want to try to get me under, so to speak. And the last thing I want to do is to be getting under. If someone says, hey, that is the way it is, and then I will be saying, like, really? <laughs> and, you know, that is, that is a part how my character is. But by taking that step backwards, taking all the clothes and the love of Jesus inside of me, what I understood was available. There were times I just could die in myself, and I still try to die in myself as much as I can. And that has brought me and my wife in a place that is just unreal. We have such a great time for almost the last year. We were family is is tighter than ever and we're having fun and the lord is so visible within that that is amazing so now that was in place too and everything got like amazing comfortable and 
I was in better shape, I thought, than ever. And I was seeking the Lord more than ever on the way I understood in prayer and in, in reading the Bible and uh, ministering with my family and to my family. Um, I had an interesting uh, conversations once in a while with other people of the Lord. And then out of the blue, and I kept praying, like, Lord, if you can use me to go out in the world and to be a tool in your hand, Father, will you then put it on my road that left is now and right is yes, just very clearly. And one day um, I had a, a, a lunch with Pastor Tim, who came from Africa. Actually, I think it was a couple of days after that. And he said, dude, Marty, he said, I just come back from Africa with a mission location named Miracle Power that has been very successful in the past. And they're looking for someone who can help to build it up again, to make it successful in the name of Jesus Christ. They're looking for someone who loves Jesus, who can serve the poorest of the poor, a whole bunch of widows and a whole bunch of orphans in an area that is probably as luxury as Skid Row. And I just thought directly on you, Marty. Do you think that is something you want to do? <laughs> wow, I had been praying for that, right? And my heart wanted to say, yeah, I'm going. But, you know, they say, and I agree with that, of course, they say you first have to pray for that. But I thought, like, man, I had been praying for that for so long. I'm ready to go. This is what's my question, what I wanted to have, right? Left is no, and right is yes. So I said, Pastor Tim, yes, I'm good to go. I want to go. And so I thought that I would go like three weeks later or so. Turned out not to be so. Um, when you finally make that choice, um, I came to my wife, and I said, wife, I want to go to Kenya. And she was like, well, why would you want to go to Kenya? I'm not going to live there. <laughs> And she loves the Lord. She loves serving people. She loves to be out and to be on a very uh, humble way to help people. But Kenya didn't speak to her heart. I said, well, do you think that it's possible that I can go just by myself? And that, you know, it's possible that you stay here and maybe I can go maybe one or twice a year. I can go back to see you and the kids. And because of everything that happened in her life, because the relationship with God was really fully the cement in the bricks, she said, absolutely, without a doubt, I, I want to support you wherever I can, however I can, with who I can. Um, I had this conversation with my children, uh, one by one, all together, and they all want to support me because they know that they are a part of uh, Team Jesus. Um, and so, if with the Lord's willing, and there is a whole lot in between that, but the Lord's willing, um, I will be going in uh, August to Kenya, to Awasi, a little town where Miracle Power is, um, blessing, hopefully, uh, the people in the name of Jesus Christ, make God visible, and... Um, in preparing for all that, there is so much going on what is just unreal, what is totally not of me. 
I had um, the possibility and saved the money to go. Through circumstances, a lot of the money is all gone. So I thought I was in control and I could say yes, but I had to fall back on Jesus Christ, who just prepared things within that made that money then available through people around us. Um, you said it on a certain moment, like when the time is there, that you know you feel like the devil creeps up. I'm a pretty sturdy person. I know the Bible. I know what the Lord wants from us. I know how how much love He has given us. I, I, I hardly understand it, but I try to understand how much love He has given us. And as closer by it gets, I'm sure I want to go. I'm ready, and I want to serve the Lord. But it kind of gets scary. It really gets scary. But the awesome thing is it is all being replaced with all that love from you guys here. And it's not just me who is going. It's that us, my family. But it is all of us here who are helping to get the word out, to make the Lord visible with all your support. Um, there are so many things what, what, what can go wrong in that. But it's fine. The Lord is in control. Um, I want to ask you guys... And this is something else quickly. Because of that job, what went completely wrong, and I had a um, um, more public friends, let me so to speak, uh, a business acquaintances, um, but the different owner took it over that also got other stories in the world about what I had done, supposedly, and what I did wrong. So um, on a certain moment, uh, I walk into Ace Hardware Store, and then someone pops up to me and says, Marty? They said, are you still here? And I was like, yeah, hey, how are you doing? He says, oh, I thought you would be in jail. Right? I said, in jail? Yeah, because so and so and so, I've heard that from these people. And I was like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. And another time, and there was a Lowe's, by the way, <laughs> see where I hang out, right? Uh, a pastor who was affiliated with the business I work for, he came up to me and said, brother, I'm going to pray for you because, you know, you are in misery. You're in crime. You are like, you know. And I was like, well, what is everyone talking about? But these are things, and they're happening because as soon as you choose knowingly to go out in the world and to make disciples and make your time and what you have available to the Lord, that you will be attacked. And the only thing what I could do the whole time, and my first response would be, of course, like, yeah, you know, that's not true, but die in yourself, right? Just let it go. Don't say a word. And constantly you're being reminded how Jesus is life us. And again, I'm not Jesus, but he carried everything. And who am I then to complain about something that people are just coming up to you and just start gossiping about untruthfulness, right? So a lot of things are happening. A lot of things will happen. <clears throat> and all these things are just also making me aware. And when you choose for that life, when you choose for that constantly to be in that day and night, you are also under a lot of attack. And I sometimes think just because only this little thing, and I'm not even full in it, but I'm just thinking about Pastor Tim and Pastor Brian and Pastor Mike, who day and night are visible serving God here, where people in our community know that they are representing God. I mean, I know if I look in the past who I was, like, he's a pastor, like, what, 
what is he all doing, right? They said, oh, you know, that's not Christian, right? And, and that's a kind of how us humans are. And these people are constantly, constantly, constantly within that. If you're a pastor of a church and you try to serve God, you're still human, right? You're still um, human. You make your mistakes. You have your thoughts and everything that's going on. You're still, you have, you're part of a family with probably children. And, you know, children always, not only always want to do what you want them to do, right? They go a lot of times the other way direction. Uh, all these people who are coming up to you, and they're, they're just complaining. And, you know, you know, probably, I think, if you're a pastor, you're not having 100% of the time people come up to you and say, like, hey, God is great, glory to the Lord, and praise Him, right? But most of the time when they come up to you and they want your help, it's because they need to have guidance or they need to have encouragement or there's something wrong in their lives. And that's also a kind of their role as a shepherd. So with me going a little bit in direction, and I'm totally nothing, I just, but I a little bit touched that. I just feel like it's just amazing that we have such a great pastor in this church. And that every week that Pastor Tim is just standing here and trying to help us and teach us and guide us, you know, within the Word of God. And I think that is just amazing because the Holy Spirit is where he spoke about, not only speaks to me in my way, or speaks to uh, my wife in her way. He also speaks to Mike in his way. And how he needs to serve. How God calls him to serve us. And have God speak to his heart to us. And for Pastor Tim and for Pastor Brian. And also for all the other people who are working in the church and the coffee shop. Right? Or on Sundays or during the weeks. So I want to ask you. In the name of the Lord, that let us just pray for each other here in the church that we keep being encouraged in seeking Him and that we lift each other up, that God open up, opens up our doors in our heart and that we can accept and see what He already has prepared for us. That we literally not only serve each other here, that's what Pastor Tim said, but it's very important. Not only so, but always that also we go out in the world and tell how great God is and what an amazing message he has. And if that is here or in Colombia or in Kenya or in India or whatever it is, the world is on fire. Many people are hungry still. Women, children being kidnapped for prostitution, slavery. There's a lot of abuse from powers. And, you know, we are here. We know Christ. We can make God visible. Thank you so much, Lord, that we know you and that you allow us to pray to us. So I want to ask you all just... Will you pray for me and my family? Well, I'm in Africa, and hopefully my family comes too. Uh, will you pray for our pastors who every single week, as humans, are trying to encourage and teach us and guide us while they're as human beings too, who s dedicate their full time, almost day and night, to us? Thank you, God, so much for being here with us. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Awesome.
Hey, worship team, you guys would come up, please. Well, you know, I love what God is doing in our body, and he's preparing missionaries to go out. He's, he's working in our lives on a daily basis. People are going through trials, um, all kinds of stuff going on here. And, uh, but there is one steady thing, and that's the Lord. And he loves us, and he's at work in and through us. And I think it's so important that we're able to take the time to share that with one another. And, um, you know, we're going to be going into the book of Titus starting next week, and I... Um, I was going to do an intro this morning, but we don't have time. But uh, the book of Titus, listen, sit down, read it. You can read it from chapter 1, chapter 3. It's real simple. Read through it. Ask the Lord to begin to speak to your heart. Prepare your heart as we go through this. It's a pastoral epistle. So you might think, like, well, I'm not a pastor. You are in some sense. You are in, you're teaching somebody somewhere. You should be. Go into all the world and make disciples. Evangelism. Teaching them. You're a teacher discipleship. And so I want to encourage you to prepare your hearts for this uh, series. And um, it's called the Blueprint Series. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for everyone sharing uh, this morning. And uh, will you keep Marty and his family in prayer? They're in, an intricate part of something that God is putting together through Miracle Power in Calvary Chapel here. And uh, God is, I'm going to have um, uh, Greg Holbrook and his wife Kim were here a few weeks ago. I introduced them to you guys. They're going to be here in um, a couple weeks to share about Miracle Power and uh, how our church is partnering. We're becoming part of what they're doing there. And it's going to give you opportunities to go to, go to um, Awasi to serve there if the Lord's stirring your heart in missions. You have a place you can go to just kind of search, seek the Lord, be, go short term, figure it out. Like, is this where the Lord's calling you? Is he calling you somewhere? You know, I, I found that the best thing to do is just to start stepping into something and he'll direct you and he'll lead you. You pray through everything. But let me tell you, you have to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith. So will you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much for each and every person that shared. And Lord, we know your word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you for what you've done through your word in our lives in the last seven weeks. And we pray, Lord, as we move into the book of Titus, that you just rock us, Lord. Not in the sense of de demobilizing us, but mobilizing us. God, to press us on, Lord, to build us up, to encourage us, God, to be discerners of every spirit, of every word that's spoken, to know what is from you and what is not. So we ask you, Lord, as we prepare our hearts for that, Father, we want to lift up the Veerhoff family to you, God, as they prepare and they're preparing. You've prepared this way. The road is set. You are at work, and we thank you for what you've done so far. We look, we ask for your provisions, for your continued um, blessing upon them as they seek your face and, and timing and all of that. Thank you for their willingness to sacrifice, Lord, to, to go into all the world. And um, I thank you for just what you're going to do through, through Tish, through Marty, through the, the the, the children, Lord, we ask you to just put a hedge of protection around them. Pray that you would fill them with your spirit, encourage them. Lord, we know that uh, stepping into ministry is, can be an extremely lonely process, and so we pray that you would help all of us as the body here at Calvary Chapel, Lord, to, to come alongside them, to support them, to encourage them, to 
would just love on them, Lord, as they prepare to serve you in this way. We thank you for um, this, this body. We thank you for this time. We ask you to uh, just bless our time now as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. You can hear more of Pastor Tim's studies through the Word of God on our website, www.calvaryofcolumbia.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again as we continue to study God's Word.